This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And our first guest is nominated for a pair of awards at this weekend's Grammys. Best New Age Album and Best Contemporary Instrumental Album. He's a singer and composer. You also see him as the band leader of the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. John Batiste joins us right now on the show. John, thanks very much for your time. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And congratulations on the nomination. So take us through what this week has been like in potentially preparing for Sunday. Oh, my goodness. I've been talking with a lot of amazing people on the radio, on television, and I've been jamming to the songs. And, and you know, thinking about all the things that we put into making the songs is really just a time to reflect and absorb all of the love. You know, obviously, award shows are, are part of your industry. But when you think about it from the business side, what does an award like winning a Grammy mean for your career? Well, it's a marker of the quality of your brand. And you always want to have quality as what you represent in business. And you want to have authenticity as what you represent as well. And to make something that has quality and authenticity in our business means that you're Grammy nominated, you win Grammys, you sell records, and people are always talking about how great your music is. You were part of the group that did the score for the Disney Pixar film Soul, which ended up winning a Golden Globe. What's that experience like? Again, I, I put a lot of work into that, and I'm glad that it resonated with so many people across the world, breaking streaming records in the first week, numbers in the billions. I mean, just something that you, you can't imagine. You know, this movie was pushed back three times because of the pandemic, didn't have a theatrical release. And for not only the film, but the score and the soundtrack to have so many people gravitate toward it in this time. I mean, I, I can't ask for anything more. What was it that, that brought you, your love of music forward uh, in the first place? Well, it was the family business. You know, my father and my grandfather and many of my cousins all in Louisiana were really a musical family, a musical dynasty of the city, similar to the Marsalises and the, the, um, the Jordan family or the Nevilles. The Baptiste family is one of the largest musical families, and that was the beginning for me. And then I moved to New York. And at 17, I formed my own band in New York when I was a student at Juilliard, and the rest is history. And, of course, you're also doing the work uh, with the with Stephen Colbert on, on The Late Show. Talk about how that dynamic ha has impacted your career. Well, it's an intersection of so many things. You have politics, you have comedy, music, you have Hollywood, but you also have so many interesting thinkers and intellectuals that come in and really having that sort of cross-section of people that have become friends and collaborators and to be in people's living room five nights a week, going around the world every time I travel, even in other countries, when we meet people, they feel a, a sort of connection. It's familial. They, they feel like they know me. And, and before COVID, people would come up to me sometimes and give me a hug. And it would really be something that yeah. I, I, I didn't realize until – I was on television for one year and, and I started to travel again. And, and that's a special bond that you have with your audience. It's really special.
So obviously you didn't do a whole lot of traveling over the course of the last year. What's been the the overall impact that this pandemic has had on, on you, on your band, on, on just your, your business operation in the music industry? Well, you have to be able to think on your feet and you have to be able to innovate and still maintain your standard of quality. And when you can't go into the best recording studios in the world and you can't move and find the places that usually give you that inspiration and give you that spark, you have to find a way to create that and find a way to collaborate virtually. Um, and, and that's been the biggest shift, just finding a way to continue to have the same level of quality of output. You know, the score that I finished for Soul and the albums that I, I just completed were all done during the pandemic. And for them to win awards, I think, speaks to that quality being maintained no matter what. So have you been using the uh, the Zoom conference call or the Zoom concert, I guess, might, might be more so in your industry? You know, that's something we've been using. There's also been a lot of collaboration in the the digital realm, similar to what you would see in hip-hop music. And I'm an instrumentalist. I play all styles of music. But, you know, the idea of sampling and taking different files and sending them over to other musicians or other producers and then them sending it back is something that we've adapted to. But using that technology and still having the nuance and feeling as if we were playing together in the same room is a skill that we've all developed. My band is who I'm talking about. We've all developed that in this pandemic for sure. How much impact has there been? I know, you know, you spent a lot of time in New York and we know uh, the impact that New York has seen during this time. And we've seen the impact on, uh, on Broadway, but how much has the music industry within New York city been impacted over the last year? Well, over this last year, there's been so much that is shut down. It's, it's become a question as to how it will come back and if it will come back in the same form. And I have a lot of ideas about how it can actually become more collaborative and connected, which is a good thing, but it will just take some reimagining. You know, before this all happened, I have a, a Broadway musical that was actually in the works with the, uh, the family of Jean-Michel Basquiat, one of the greatest painters and um, this was something that was going to come out as well as a symphony that will now premiere a year from now at Carnegie Hall that was set to premiere in May of this year. So things like that being shifted are unprecedented for us. And I think we have to really think about how we're going to come back and how we're going to band together because it's going to have a short period where we're not going to have the same amount of resources because we're going to have to come back from this loss. So because of the fact that so many people have been working from home or, or living out, you know, uh, spending more time at home over the last 12 months, has there been an impact you believe uh, on the music industry in terms of consumption of music or has the digital side of it just made it so seamless that there really hasn't been as much impact as say maybe the movie industry has felt over the last year? Well, being someone who has, a movie out and an album out at the same time. I've actually been studying that. And I think that the the digital side of music hasn't suffered, but nothing will ever replace the live music experience and that right. sort of connection that the audience gets from seeing the performer and then what that does to enhance the music listening experience when they're engaging with the content 
of said performer away from the live performance. So there's a different sort of connection and a different use. Um, there, there's not as many social gatherings as well. So a lot of my right. music I call social music. Um, and, and if people can't get together and be social, a lot of the, the function of the music that I make is now evolved in this time. So just seeing fans and seeing how, you know, even fans sending me videos of them dancing with their family on Sunday morning or in the kitchen when they're making dinner. That's been a new thing that I've seen. Just uh, it, it's an evolution, I'll say. It, it hasn't declined, but it's, it's something new. More and more TikTok videos to your music these days? A lot more TikTok videos is right in TikTok and, <laughs> and uh, Instagram Live. That's the ones. <laughs> well, it, you, you mentioned about the, the business side of it with, with the venues and the live music, and, and I think there's a question uh, about where that's going to head as we move further along with the pandemic. Obviously, I think the expectation is that venues will be opening at some point. It'll probably be reduced attendance for a certain level. But it, it, there's there's probably so much want by people to get out and go to live concerts that when this gets going, it, there will be some momentum and these venues will be able to once again support themselves well. Truly, I, I think that it should become more community-based um, as a business model. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for community organizations, even restaurants in your neighborhood and different ways of um, finding different ways of, of connecting with the artistic community and sharing space um, and, and not necessarily physical space, but finding a way to collaborate as to bring in the different cross section of audience. And I think that'll create a lot more of a sustainable music economy because to just come back to music by itself, I think will be tough because th- th- there's a lot that's required for a performer in, in terms of backline yeah. and instrumentation and all these different things. So yeah. it, it, we, we have to collaborate more, find finding ways to think outside of the box and how we present the music and finding ways to collaborate is, the, is my take on what should happen. John, great to have you for a few moments. All the best this weekend with the Grammys. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. John Batiste, he's up, as we mentioned. Best New Age album, best contemporary instrumental album. Of course, you see him as the band leader on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.